0: hello and welcome to be intentional the podcast that talks about marketing mindset and what it takes to be an impactful entrepreneur you know they say that 81% of people want to write a book Writing is such a fundamental thing in everything we do. We want to get our story out and our story shared. We want to read really good nonfiction. We want to learn things. I'm a big reader. I love reading nonfiction. And also, I wanted to write a book. And I wrote a devotional a few years ago, and it did okay. Learning that process, learning what it is to write and actually put it out there and have other people read that. And of course, in marketing, so much copywriting Writing is such a fundamental thing to so much that we do that today I have a special guest, Susan Winters, and she is a writer. She's written books. She does blogs. She does articles. There's so many things that she writes. And it is amazing to be able to get kind of into the mind of a writer and take it from something I wish I would do and do more of and like to do to someone who actually does it for a living. It's such an amazing thing to learn all the little nuances. And so today, I am so happy to be able to talk to Susan because I am one of those people that has always kind of aspired to write better and write more. It is said that the pen is mightier than the sword, and words are so powerful. So learning this skill is just one of those things I've always wanted to kind of do a deeper dive on. And so if you're like me and love, writing but don't have time to write and wish you did or want to write a book and want to learn what it takes to actually be a successful published author then stay tuned because we're talking to one today susan winters thank you so much for being here with us today
1: hi josh thanks for having me today oh it's a
0: pleasure I love talking to writers because I'm one of those people who I wish I could write. I've tried, I wrote a devotional, I've, I've tried all those things, but spell check is my best friend because <laughs> I am a horrible speller. And so that writing fluidity never really, really came. So I'm really excited about this show because being able to talk to a, a real writer, um, maybe I'll be able to pick your brain a little bit and get some tips. And I'm like, guys, you guys will notice that my copy gets a little bit better after today. And so
1: <laughs> that'd be great.
0: And so you've written in different mediums. And I I love that because usually writers stick to like one type of genre, one specific type of writing, but you've written novels and you've done blogs. I've seen that you've even done a little bit of copy. And so with all three of those, I would love it if you could tell us a little bit about your journey and how you've landed in like so many different areas (laughs) and how you manage all that because it's different styles, right? So to be able to keep all that straight.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. Well, when I was in college, I got my first short story published. I was very—I was on a literary and art magazine, and I was fortunate to get my first story published. And then I also took a journalism class, and part of the journalism class requirement is you had to get your stories published by the school newspaper. So oh. I always thought that that would be easier. Very naive at the time, thinking, well, the stories are out there; you don't have to make anything up. And Writing nonfiction has its own challenges, but I enjoy doing both and I found it was easier to kind of break into getting published writing with nonfiction and writing uh, short articles about parenting. And my first story was published as going back to work after having a baby. So I wrote that for a little local parenting magazine, and I've been alternating between fact and fiction ever since. But um, I enjoy both styles of writing. They have their own joys and their own challenges.
0: Definitely. And so since a lot of us are have blogged with our companies, or we have we are in a lot of the nonfiction genre. Are there any tips that you would give, some things that you've seen that some bloggers do that just kind of make you shake your head and be like, oh, I wish you wouldn't do that, and then some things that you see that work really, really well?
1: I think what you said yourself and just being observant in fiction or nonfiction, if you see something that really bothers you, think about why. Are they using a lot of cliches? Are they making these grand sweeping statements without a lot of backup? So I think if you start noticing what hits you wrong, either you're reading a blog or a news article or reading fiction, kind of pay attention to where that's coming from and kind of be aware of that in your own writing. And and sometimes we learn a lot more from bad writing than good writing. (laughs) Know what not to do.
0: I wish it transferred that easy because sometimes I see something and I'm like, I don't like that. But then I try to duplicate something I like. And I'm like, oh, that did not come out that way (laughs) at all. (laughs) And so with that, there is so much good writing out there. And at least when I was doing research for the book and getting some help and coaching with that, there was this kind of I don't know, I want to say like internal debate between writers where some of them were saying, when you write, you have to write a certain way. When you talk, you talk a different way. So don't write like you talk. And then when you get into copy, it's a little bit more like write like you talk. And there's been a lot more of that dictation. So people want to go onto programs and they just want to kind of like a speech dictate their writing and then it transfers over. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I've heard there's some really good dictation software and a lot of writers have gone. To that, because it just is freeing for them. I haven't done that myself, but I think if you're more comfortable speaking aloud, that is a good way to get your thoughts down. And then if you're concerned about how it comes across, then you'd work with an editor. I mean, that's a great way to catch anything that you're not seeing. And it really depends on the style of writing and your audience. So I think. I haven't used it myself, but I've heard good things about it. It's a good way to free people up. Some people just don't feel comfortable. You know, they wind up staring at the page or the screen and they're paralyzed, but they're comfortable talking. So it may not completely transfer. It may need to be tweaked after you've gotten the piece out there, but at least you're getting it out there. You're getting past being stuck on the first page.
0: Right. No, that's actually very true, right? That's the biggest hurdle is actually beginning to write because many times you get there and you're just like, sit there until you get something out.
1: <laughs> I think what's important for writers, whether you're writing for nonfiction or for, for stories is start writing and you can always go back and edit. So I think once you realize that you can go back and edit, it's very freeing. It, just give yourself permission to go back and fix things.
0: That's great. That is true. That just getting started. Sometimes it's really hard. I'm like, no, no, no. This one line needs to be perfect. And it, it never is. <laughs> and so have with your novels, did you work with a publisher for that?
1: Well, my very first, I got into publishing with working with a small publisher because about 12 years ago when I was starting out, even though independent publishing was out there, it's not like it is today. So I got on with a small press. They were great to work with and I learned a lot about the process. I worked with an editor. And we went back and forth quite a bit, but about a year later, my first book, Howl, which was an e-title came out and in working with, it was a great publisher to work with, but I met some indie writers along the way in a romance group I was in and I learned how they self-published and kind of learned the ropes from them. And while I had a good relationship with my publisher, it was really, it's really kind of great to have ownership of your own stories. So now, I mean, there's a lot more opportunities for indie writers than there used to be. And I find I really like having the control over what I'm doing. And I still work with an editor. I'm still accountable to my editor, but I love it because you can work with a a cover designer and she and I go back and forth. So if I don't like the cover, we can go back and redo it. If you're working with a publisher, unless they spell your name wrong, it's pretty much the cover is going to be what it's going to be. I really enjoyed the collaborative process of working on a story from coming up with the idea to look. At the final cover, it's really exciting.
0: Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and with that, you would have to not only do that part of it—the writing and the cover and the editing—because there's a lot that goes into writing that I think a lot of people don't realize. <laughs> <laughs> once you have your published, or once you have your piece, you need a. Be able to market it, right? And right. so, do you handle all of that yourself too? And what are some things that you've learned along that process? Because that—that is a, I mean, it's basically a mini business because you, you have to do it from start to finish, That's, right?
1: It's true. <laughs> well, to me, I compare it to building the house. You can build a house yourself from the. I mean, you could go on YouTube and learn how to build a house. <laughs> I wouldn't do that myself because probably be kind of scary. But you kind of have to look at the whole process, like you said, and decide where your strengths are and what you want to learn. So maybe marketing's not a skill you have, but maybe it's something you're interested in. So you can lean into that. I found that formatting is not my thing. So i work with a formatter. I'd always recommend working with an editor because no matter how good of a speller, there's always going to be something you miss and you need somebody that's outside your head to, to look for content and look for anything that might be missing. So you kind of have to decide what you want to do yourself and how much you want to farm out to someone else. And that's the great thing because you can do it all yourself or you can work with other people. It's just you got to figure out what your resources are and what you're comfortable with. But I work with an editor and a cover designer. And then what I do whenever I release a book is I do like a release party on my blog. So I feature both my cover designer and my editor, and I ask them both a question related to the story. So it's kind of a way for people to get to know the people behind the scenes. And then if you're a writer out there looking for people to work with, it's kind of a good way to to get to know who's out there.
0: Oh, that's great. And so you said you do like a release party. So then building a community is also part of that. I have noticed that a lot of indie writers start that way. They kind of talk about their process and they're really great at building community I'm assuming that's because of the story aspect. Uh, If you know how to tell a story, you know how to kind of engage people.
1: Yeah, you're right. I think that's true. And there's so much focus on social media now. It used to be, oh, you've got to get the books published and then you look for, you start marketing. And now it's like, well, you have to start thinking about the platform or how you're going to reach people even before you get the book finished. So it's a balance because obviously you want to build a community, but if, if you've just got one book sold, if you do a lot of marketing, it's like they're only have one thing to buy off your shelf, so Mm. you kind of you got to get the interest but at the same time you got to get the next book out there
0: right yeah i'm like a, a lot does go into that that's true when telling a story and trying to i'm thinking like building an audience building a community and telling a story in written form in what i do in marketing we talk a lot about story structure bringing people into a story if that does convert really well. Are there any tips that you have when telling a story or trying to relay a story?
1: I do it in a variety of ways. When I'm interviewing people, I do have set questions, but I also look for what would I want to know from that person when I'm drafting questions? What would I want to know about being an entrepreneur or um, being a musician or an artist? So I try to look at what questions would come to mind. And I look at that for my characters. What do we need to know? What What's missing? What are they thinking? So those are some of the questions I ask myself when I'm writing.
0: And developing that, kind of moving them along that story, developing from one point to another point. How do you do that in a way that flows really naturally? Because I've seen a, a lot of novels and even though they're great you can feel like that transition of a a chunk and like it kind of stops and then another chunk and there's a lot of writers who do that really fluidly and I feel like I don't know very much information out there of people that have talked about how in the world you make that transition going from one character to another building the whole story like because it's a lot of parts in that.
1: It is, I find a lot, I really work to get the story down first. And then I do a lot of work in the editing process because sometimes you have to get it all written down and then go back and look and see, sometimes you can write a great scene and it doesn't fit, or there's a question left unanswered or, so I find it's very helpful to kind of go back and get that drafted out and worked out in the editing process it depends on your style, too. There, I don't know if you've heard about plotters and pantsers. Plotters are, they sit down and outline the whole story. They've got the story outlined. And then pantsers are for seat of the pants. So they write as hmm. they go along. I'm a little bit of, of both. I know how the ending is. I know what the ending is. I just have to figure out how to get there.
0: And do you just write and let it come naturally? And then you kind of figure out how to tie it in?
1: I do sometimes. Sometimes if I'm stuck on a scene, I'll write. a. Sometimes the scenes come to me at different times. So I'll know what's happening later in the book than in the middle. So I'll go ahead and write the scene that's clear in my mind and then write to it. And I've had some writers tell me that they write the ending and then they work to it. So they know, okay, there's an ending I can get there. And that helps them.
0: And the readers and the writers, it seems to be like a a pretty close-knit community. Have you seen it change in these last decade where we've gone? Because I love reading. I'm a big reader, but I read mostly nonfiction my wife says I love the boring stuff, which I, I just like to learn. So I'm, I'm, I'm a big reader. But it used to be where at least in my experience, where everybody was a reader, like we used to have the saying like readers are leaders. Mm-hmm. And so everyone like had a favorite book. And then as time went on, it, it was harder and harder to find people who loved reading as much as I did or would read. And so have you found any type? Have you found that correlation? And if you have, how has that changed the market and how you've actually approached what you do?
1: I think we do have less readers and I think we also, the challenge too is there are people that still love reading. They grew up reading as a child, but they equivalent, they see it as something that's a childhood thing. Oh, I used to read as a kid, roller skate or whatever. And What I try to put out there in my blog is I've just heard it on the radio today talking about bibliotherapy, about using stories as therapy and that people who are readers develop empathy. They have better comprehension. And so I try to when I'm out talking about books to people, I try to encourage people that, you know, it's okay to get caught up in a book. It's another way of connecting. It's a way of improving your thinking. It's not just a hobby or or just a way to spend time. It's very beneficial for you mentally and and emotionally. So I try to put the word out in my blog. And when I see people the best I can, I had one woman who came up to me and it almost felt like she needed some kind of, she felt guilty for reading because she felt like it took away from her other activities it's like you can still enjoy reading and and not it doesn't mean you're going to get other things done it has really been shown to be very good for you
0: That's actually a great point. I didn't even realize that because I noticed that I do that too. Like I read before I go to sleep. But if I pick up my book in the middle of the day, I do feel guilty. And my wife is the same way. She loves fiction. So she'll read. But she's one of those people who, if she opens the book, she needs to finish it. She will binge the book for like two, three days on that thing. Like, and that's all she thinks about.
1: Well, my advice for binge readers, and I I have to confess I am one too, is short stories because you can finish them in it. could read them before you get, go to bed. Maybe cut back on your thrillers at night, because that might keep you up. But short mm-hmm. stories, you get the satisfaction of finishing it. And for nonfiction folks like you, Josh, read essays. That way you can get caught up in something for a while, but you can get back to work after you're done.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm going to have to take you up on that and we'll start <laughs> looking at some essays. Because it is true, right? That, and that is that guilt, too, of like, okay, I'm going to read I know it helps. I know it's beneficial. But now with all these like snippets and small content, little 30 second things, it's like, okay, well, I can probably consume this faster. But there is something about, I think, because the author knows that it's going to be in print forever, it better be right. <laughs> and a lot of times when you get other types of media, it disappears. And so they right. just kind of go out there and say what they say. And then there's no real accountability to it. But with writing, I feel like it's gone through several processes. And it's just like, yeah, this is, that 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 makes that's true so with that like with the whole because it is a huge journey right the the writing process itself is a journey and then the marketing and then the community and it becomes a whole business what are some tips or some suggestions that you have for people who are just starting out where they want to write but it just seems overwhelming because it's not just writing and people who want to do that and are like well i don't know if that's anything viable because isn't isn't that going out of style or any of that (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, it's funny because when I started out, you had, to, you had to get a publisher or an agent. That was the only way you could be seen. And that was a challenge. Now that's gone away, but we have, oh, you have so many opportunities. It's overwhelming. It's like suddenly you're in a forest. And I think the important thing is to get started and write. And then people feel like, well, do I need to write so much a day? Do I need to write? Just figure out what's, cons- be consistent. So if consistent for you looks like 15 minutes a day, do the 15 minutes a day and be good with that. If you can do more, great. Or if you can only write an hour a morning on the weekends, which is what I did. My kids were little and I could write on Saturday and Sunday mornings because they'd be watching cartoons or sleeping in. So pick something that works for you and be consistent on it. And while you're writing your book or telling your story, start paying attention to what's going out there around you. Start following authors on blogs, Instagram, see what other people are doing and kind of start while you're doing your your story, learn about the business end of things as well and just take it one step at a time. But people get really caught up. Should I be doing an hour a day or do something that works with you and your schedule, but it's important to be consistent.
0: That is great advice. Sure. (laughs) I I love that. And I I believe that's not just for writing, guys. That's for a lot of things in your life. The (laughs) consistency matters a lot. And uh, I read something that said, you know, a writer isn't someone who gets published. A writer is someone who writes every day. And so that consistency is a big deal. I love it. So if people want to learn more about you, look up your books and follow your blog, how can they find you? How can they connect with you?
1: Uh, The best way to find me is on my website called createontheside.com. It has links to my blog and my books and my articles. And even if you're not a fiction reader, I encourage uh, your listeners to check it out because I have great interviews. I talk to musicians and artists and other writers and folks like Josh who are all pursuing their creative pursuits and, and, you know, working it all out. So please come check out the blog. Um, I've interviewed some wonderful people over the years.
0: I love it. And guys, I highly recommend it, not just because I'm in there, but because <laughs> I binged on it and there was so many people that I didn't even know about. And so that just made me that was another kind of like little rabbit hole. I went down being able to go and find all these interesting people and like writing notes of going, oh, I'm going to go check this place out. I'm going to go check that place out. So guys, make sure you go and follow and check out that blog, which will be in the show notes. So it's just one click away. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for your tips. I appreciate time spending time with you.
1: Thanks, Josh. Uh, it's great talking to you. Thanks for your time.
0: <laughs> and guys, thank you for spending a little bit of time with us today. And remember, be intentional about the life that you want to create.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for spending a little time with me today on Be Intentional Podcast. I would love to connect with you and hear about how you're applying today's message in your marketing, in your personal life, in your business. You can DM me at Josh S R. that's J-O-S-H-O-L-M-O-S-S-R, or LinkedIn, Joshua Oldmos or website josholmosr.com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. And if you feel like you would benefit the listeners and that you want to be a guest on the podcast, please feel free to reach out. I would love to hear your story and what you're doing to be an intentional, impactful entrepreneur.